children can be dismissed. But let's imagine that scene just for a moment. Revelation says that, uh, I'll just read it for you all. Just as we're thinking about this. But after this, I looked, and behold, a door was open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. He said, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. Around about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting. They were clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion. And the second beast was like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about them. And they were full of eyes within and they did not rest day or night. And they continued singing, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, then the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and they worship him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. created. Beautiful vision of heaven's throne room. Uh, We have a good God who's worthy of so much praise. And yet we live in this world uh, where we forget that. And people don't know it. Or people misappropriate where that praise should go. And so we have this work before us where we are called to go be ambassadors of our good God and his son Jesus. If you were to continue on into the next chapter, we would find that uh, Jesus is the one who they fall down worshiping right along as they worship with the one who sat on the throne. He is the lion who acts like a lamb. And this world needs that because there's a lot of lions in this world. As I think about the ministry uh, that we're going to be presenting today, one thing uh, has come to my mind is uh, we believe in resurrection. The reason why Jesus is the one who uh, is worshipped 
is because uh, he was committed to death. And they said that he was a blasphemer and a liar. And he was, a, uh, he was one who was trying to be that which he was not. And so they sentenced him to death. But on the third day, God rose him from the grave. And whenever he did that, what he told uh, about the judgment that they had made about him was that their judgment was wrong. He vindicated his son, Jesus. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, he didn't just go up into the ether. Jesus was exalted. He was, he was enthroned at the right hand of God. Uh, his resurrection reveals that he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the lion, even though he acted like a lamb, like a lamb who was uh, uh, quiet before his uh, slaughter. So that's how Jesus was as well. When I think about resurrection, we believe in resurrection as a reality. We believe in the historical resurrection of Jesus. Uh, we believe that whenever Jesus returns, resurrection will happen. Resurrection will take place. Uh, those, uh, all, all, there's a resurrection of the saints. Those who trusted in Jesus will be brought to new life. Uh, this world will be transformed. A new creation will begin. Uh, uh, creation will be, store, be restored to the, to, to the ideal and image that God had so desired from the very beginning. <clears throat> but we also believe in this idea of a spiritual resurrection that happens right now. You've experienced this. You had an old life that you lived before you were in Christ. And then you came to Christ, and Christ uh, put to death that old life, and he's raised up a new one. And, and what we find really is that we continue to go through this process because, <clears throat> excuse me, because you and I continue to find things that uh, unearth things that need to be put to death so that we can walk in the newness of Christ. Well, I think about resurrection because Africa New Life Ministries operates in Rwanda, and it was really born of death. Uh, before 1994, but leading up to 1994, uh, there was a genocide in Rwanda. Uh, over a million people died. Um, one of those families had to flee their village in Rwanda, and they moved to Uganda. And they raised their children in Uganda. And they raised some bright children, at least one bright young man, who whenever he came of age, he went to, uh, he, he, was a, he trusted in Christ, and he went and he studied uh, to be a minister of the gospel. And uh, he, he came back not only to Africa, but he went back to Rwanda because he had a vision of bringing new life, bringing new life where death had had its way. And today we're going to learn about this ministry. And it's pretty fascinating that this man and his vision under the leadership of God and the power of the Spirit has developed into a comprehensive ministry uh, there in Africa. How we're going to learn about this is uh, we have a couple of videos for you. There's a small, short video, and then I have an interview with Jason Seifert. Jason wasn't able to be with us this morning because Jason pastors Tiki Island Chapel, and, um, and uh, he had some unexpected trips come up. Um, 
that took him out on January, and then he has some trips coming up in March, and he was like, man, I can't get out of the pulpit again. And so I said, listen, we can take a video, and we can do a, an interview. And so we have a video interview. You're going to see me like this, but in a video, it's going to be cool because you'll be like, he's there, and he's there. And, um, you'll hear me laughing at jokes that I, that, that, again, like it will be cool. It will be a fun experience. But then Jason's wife, Laura, is with us as well. And Laura's going to come because Laura is a partner with her husband in ministry. She's a minister in her own right uh, with Yes Ministries. But uh, she also uh, is going to share a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the women's ministry and then uh, an opportunity that she has uh, this summer. Um, as we as we learn about African New Life, here's what we're doing. We're listening for Jesus to say, hey, come, come join in the work that I'm doing. Just like he said to his followers early on, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come join in the work that I'm doing. Let's listen to hear if Jesus is calling us to come join in this work that he is doing. Let us all pray. Jason, welcome. Thank you for being Thanks. with us. Glad to be here with you guys. <laughs> with all of us. Yeah. It's kind of like a Sunday morning. <laughs> so, uh, so Jason, so uh, service pastor of Tiki Chapel. Yes. Um, how long have you been doing that? Well, I started in June of 2022, um, within weeks of each other. Started at Tiki Allen Chapel Father's Day, and then a few weeks before that, I started my role at African New Life Ministries. So. Not too long, yeah, uh, and uh, it's definitely, it's definitely been uh, my schedule's been full. <laughs> yeah, double wielding <laughs> yes. right now. Yeah, but it's been great. That's awesome. Um, so, tell me a little bit about the journey about how you uh, came to uh, African New Life. Well, um, uh, to try to make it succinct, uh, 
you know, my wife, when she graduated from college from A&M, she said, God, I'll move anywhere but, but Houston. And we know how the Lord works. Yes. So the Lord brought her to Houston. And she uh, volunteered with Young Life in Northwest Houston while she was there. And a couple of her um, students at the time actually both now work for African New Life. Okay. And one of those, Natalie Green, is, is on our executive team. Uh, and Natalie, uh, when she graduated from college, moved to New York City and was working on Wall Street. And Laura said, you've got to go to Trinity Baptist Church in Manhattan mm-hmm. because my old Young Life leaders, Laura Griffin Denton, so her old Young Life leaders, her uh, leader was uh, pastoring Trinity Baptist Church. And so Natalie went there. The church was just on the front end of getting involved in Rwanda. Yeah. Natalie's heart was captured. She left her job with Wall Street and, and eventually found African New Life and, and has been working with the ministry for a long time. And she began reaching out to Laura over the years. Hey, you got to come to Rwanda. you got to come to Rwanda. Laura finally went in 2018. Then our whole family went in 2019. Uh, captured our hearts as well. Uh, we were going to go back in 2020. As you know, maybe you don't know, what? there was a worldwide pandemic that oh, disrupted everyone's that's, life. that's yeah. what happened. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so flash forward uh, into 2022, as, as, as African New Life was kind of coming out of, of, they had to retool really to uh, to just uh, do ministry in Rwanda to, to basically feed people. Mm-hmm. Um, schools were shut down and all yeah. that, so they had to really kind of uh, pivot as, as we all did during during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming out of that that season, really praying about, uh, feeling the Lord was, was leading uh, the ministry to move into some new communities in Rwanda. So um, felt like it was the time was right to begin to add some staff. Yeah. And so my role uh, that I uh, started is, is in the area of partnerships, largely. Uh, so connecting with churches, ministries, uh, individuals um, to introduce the ministry, let them see what God's doing in Rwanda through African New Life. Uh, and so it's been, that's been really great. Um, having, having been to Rwanda and now having had the chance to go a couple of times in the last few months, uh, my heart is still as, as full as ever for what God's doing there, and it's uh, it's been great. That's awesome. Well, I'm really glad to have you uh, serving uh, in multiple capacities uh, as as pastor there in Kiki Island Chapel, yes, and then yeah. also uh, with African New Life. So, um, you know, uh, you mentioned Trinity Baptist Church actually, and um, I believe, and I'll fact check this, but um, uh, you know, I was telling you about Carrie Debeskiwi, who's Carrie. Kudikianfura now. Um, mm-hmm. She's a, a, a wonderful woman from our church. Her family has been part of our church for many years. I believe she was in Trinity Baptist Church whenever they started getting connected to Rwanda, which is how she ended up in Rwanda. And yeah, it's a small world. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Awesome. You did that. You sang that much prettier than I. <laughs> um, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but um, well, so African New Life. Yeah. You know, um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, the, the mission, the vision of African New Life? Well, you know, um, African New Life was started by a Rwandan pastor. Uh, he and his family had fled um, the genocide that really had been taking place in Rwanda for many, many, many years. And so he grew up in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when uh, the genocide exploded, as most of us know, in 1994, uh, when a million people lost their lives mm-hmm. in a matter of about three months, um, you know, shortly after then, he, he felt the calling uh, to, to come back and to be a part of the rebuilding of his own country. And so, uh, flash forward, he was able to come to the States to get some training, went to school at Multnomah, um, and then returned with this uh, idea of you know, starting a church and kind of begin, begin rebuilding the country. And, and at the time, there were just hundreds of thousands of orphans. I mean, mm-hmm. the country was just wrecked, you know, even years after uh, and so um, the vision that he had was to come back to some of the partners here in the States and say, hey, we want to help 
you know, there's there's hundreds of thousands of orphans. We want to help these 25. Yeah, right. And so they basically started a preschool to help, um, you know, a handful of children. So flash forward to today, we uh, we sponsor over 11,000 um, kids K through 12. I also sponsor some college students, uh, and the ministry's grown from from um, from not only sponsoring kids, but to church planting, to mm-hmm. training pastors, uh, to community development. Uh, started a college of theology for training pastors that's now fully accredited. Um, built the second largest private hospital in Rwanda wow. that is a faith-based hospital, yeah. so people come there for for physical needs, but also get their spiritual needs met. Yeah, and so it's just amazing to see what's happened in the course of. Uh, of just 20 years or so in the 21st year of the ministry, how, wow. how much has happened. Um, and to see it all in the context of the place that was the darkest place on earth, mm-hmm. you know, in 1994, to see today, um, just shy of 30 years later, how uh, how remarkable the gospel is at work. Still a lot of need, still a lot of poverty, but there's an unmistakable touch of the Lord um, in the communities that, that we've been a part of, and it's really great to see. Yeah, man, it sounds like... I mean, you start with a preschool of 25, mm-hmm. right? And then now you're, I mean, and to, to see the 11,000 and then, oh, hey, yeah, we have a school of theology. <laughs> we have uh, a hospital. That's an amazing work that y'all are doing. And, and it's holistic. Yes. Yeah. Right? So you're, you're you're meeting people on every level of, of society and, uh, and every level of need, which is really, really great. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, if churches are going to come, partner with y'all. I know that there's several different avenues that y'all look for partnership. Uh, could you talk about a couple of those? Um, your wife, Laura, actually, she's here. She's here? Yeah, like, oh, that's amazing. like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's here today, but not, not today, right? And yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. she's going to tell us a little bit about the women's ministry and, um, and opportunities that y'all have this summer with that. But if you could tell us about some of those other opportunities that, uh, that are, that we can partner with. Yeah, absolutely, and, and a lot of it stems out of this, you know, this idea that starting with the children, you know, mm-hmm. the children, giving them an opportunity for an education, the chance to dream and to hope, because if they're caught in poverty, don't have access to education, or just caught up in, in, in hunger, um, they don't have the opportunity to progress in any way, shape, or yeah. form. So by going to school, they're able to, uh, you know, not only get education, but they're getting a regular meal. Um, as part of our program, they have <clears> access to health care. But the, but the end goal is that like if, if we're helping a child, what can we do to help the community in which they live in? Yeah. And we know that the best, best hope for a community is, is having a vibrant church in the community. Mm-hmm. And so, so part of our overall goal in the community is to have a church established, have a, have a church established, a, a, an office there that connects with our sponsored kids, having a community health nurse, and then doing community development in each community, which, which can be different community to community. Right. You know, communities aren't cookie cutter, so the efforts aren't by any stretch. Right. Uh, and so the ways that churches here in the U.S. get connected is, uh, again, prim- one of our primary means is, is helping kids go to school. So we do a child sponsorship for $39 a month. Um, sponsoring a child, they're going to get uh, scholastic materials, a uniform, their school tuition covered. Again, access to some of the sponsorship office um, ministries that we have available. Uh, and that becomes a real game changer for that student and also their family yeah. uh, as well. Um, and we've seen when that child gets sponsored and over the period of time we, we start a church, we've already had the opportunity to build relationships with that family. Right. We launched a church uh, at Easter, a couple of churches at Easter, and one of the communities that was just at a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the church launched at Easter. Today they have over 750 people 
uh, part of the church. I went to a new believers class. There was about a hundred people gathered wow. in this new believers class. Uh, yeah. And so we just see the, you know, and so uh, the, 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 the ripple effect of, of the ministry happening there. And so for churches partnering, mm -hmm. um, sponsoring kids is a big part of it, but also um, we have a college of theology mm -hmm. that we've started. We train pastors for the churches that we plant, but really any pastor can come mm -hmm. and get trained there. An interesting development in Rwanda that happened in 2018 was that the government shut down um, lots, hundreds of churches. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a variety of reasons for it. Not, don't need to go into all the reasons, but two stipulations that are required for a church is that you have to have a building okay. that's safe and up to code for people to gather in, a safe place for people to yeah. gather. And you have to have a pastor who's trained, right. who's degreed. Yeah. And so we took our College of Theology through the process of getting fully accredited. So when our pastors graduate, they have a legitimate bachelor's degree, and now some of them are working on master's degrees as well. Um, and so some churches get behind uh, the training of those pastors right. as, as one way of supporting that church planting initiative. Well, just to that point, I remember reading just a, a couple of years ago that um, you know because the gospel is spreading very rapidly in Africa, which mm -hmm. we thank the Lord for, um, <laughs> it's spreading rapidly, but uh, but there were, were reports that like, you know, somebody could become a follower of Jesus mm -hmm. and in six weeks they're being called to pastor a church in their village, you know, and, uh -huh. uh, and you know, uh, the Holy Spirit can do amazing things, but even as we see in the book of Acts, when the church went out to establish churches, like, and whenever there's the persecution scattered the churches, the apostles didn't just go, hey, man, good job, you know, the apostles had to go back and, and they wanted to uh, uh, confirm what was going on, hey, hey, what gospel was being preached, right, 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 and we even see in that one moment with that, um, I believe the man's name is Simeon, who, uh, who, who came up to them and he was like, you know, watching everything that they're doing under the power of the Spirit. And he's like, and, and he had been a wonder worker and he had said, okay, you know, and he was like, I'll, I'll pay you, I'll, I'll give you money for this. Give me yeah. And so, and, and so it's important because people are naive or, or, right. or corrupt and, 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 and they can take advantage of these situations. And so, yeah. so that pastor, that, that theology school, and whether or not we agree with the government interference in the church, <laughs> yeah. It, it does put um, some good um, checks and balances. It allows for some good checks and balances that the church can come in, that ministries can come in, and, and y'all fill that gap to provide those checks and balances. Yeah, and the, 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 the pastors who come and get training and the leaders come and get trained at the School of Theology, if you go to school, you, the, 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 the language of education is English. In mm -hmm. So there's a lot of pastors who don't speak English. They didn't have the opportunity to go to school and learn it. Yeah. But they're no less called to be a part of what God's doing through a local church. And so we actually have a cohort program that we do in the rural areas where we'll go out and do about a 16-week training yeah. with those uh, pastors who only speak to mm -hmm. Um And then by going through that training, they're in a place where they can work underneath a, an established pastor. Okay. And so that pastor takes responsibility for them. Yeah. So um, Because obviously there's, there's a lot of need. There's a lot of people who need pastoring. And right. so so there's opportunities for us to continue that training. Yeah. But a lot of the pastors we're training up are, are not just in Rwanda. They're going to other countries and they're um, so reaching unreached people groups. So, um, so, so people who are a mission become yes. missionaries. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that's a that's a that's a great model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing the people well. who live in Africa are probably going to be really good at reaching other Africans. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and we're awesome. seeing it happen. Yeah. yeah but not only. At, other Africans also going into, you know, parts of the world where, um, you know, maybe the political tensions aren't so much between or an Anglo 
Western right. white American going in like in the 1040 window or something like that. Absolutely, one of our students uh, graduated from high school and, and had an opportunity to go to college in India and he was writing back and saying, hey, none of my classmates know who Jesus is and they haven't read a Bible and they're asking me all kinds of questions and asked me to start a Bible study. <laughs> and so many of us are not gonna have the opportunity to go in the heart of India yeah. and, and have this conversation with college students, yeah. but, but this Rwandan student is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great to just see how God's at work uh, well beyond uh, what we could have imagined. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we have child sponsorship. Yeah. It's forty dollars a month, thirty nine dollars a month. Yeah. I don't want to upsell anybody. <laughs> um, and, and 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 we can talk more about that in just a minute. Um, but then you also have the uh, school of theology, uh, and then what are some other ways that people partner uh, with African and Yeah. So um, so some churches really kind of get behind um, you know getting that church established in the community. Yeah. So it might just be investing in that community for. Yeah. Um, some communities we have a church established, others we don't. And right. so that, that means, you know, several churches oftentimes will, will give towards an effort to purchase land mm-hmm. and get a building built. Mm-hmm. And again, when that building's built, it's a church, it's a sponsorship office for those students, a community health nurse office uh, gets established there. And so that becomes an epicenter of ministry, obviously, yeah. in that community. Um, and then um, a women's vocational training that we do mm-hmm. um, at, in Kigali, in the capital city, we have uh, training in sewing and Cosmetology, and Laura will probably speak a little bit about that. Okay. Um, and that's a that's vocational training, but it's also discipleship and counseling. You yeah. know, these women who've been through trauma, and they're a lot of them single mamas trying to raise children. Mm-hmm. And so the program in Kigali actually has a daycare. Yeah. Uh, and so if they have uh, preschool age children, um, their their kids can be cared for while mama's going to school. And we all know uh, because many of us have sent our kids to preschool, we know that 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 can be a great advantage for them once they start. Yeah. You know, kindergarten, first grade, they've already learned some things. Yeah. And so the same is true in Africa. And so these kids are getting loved on, being discipled, and also getting a good jump start while mom's also getting the same. Yeah. Um, and so, so a lot of churches uh, like to get behind uh, the efforts of those uh, those women yeah. uh, getting trained and, and caring for them, raising provision. Well, and that's even what's beautiful about this is, you, you know, you know, pastorally and in, in, in Christianity, in our culture, in our context, we're trying to drive people towards service and towards, you know, looking out in a highly individualistic, uh, yeah. consumeristic culture, you know. But if your model starts with, hey, we're coming into this community and we're empowering people and they're seeing, hey, people have come around and, and I got empowered because somebody else helped me, then that just naturally begins mm-hmm. that, that, that snowball effect, if you will, you know. And so that's a really cool, um, really cool aspect of how that ministry just how you can see it goes from 25 kids in a preschool mm-hmm. to now we're we're meeting all these needs and we're doing all these things um, at a very good level, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And and they're they're seeing in real time that that being a disciple of Jesus means that you're a generous person. Yeah, yeah. That you you take you know, have what you have and you say, God, how do you want me to use it? Right. And be open handed with it. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, so they're they're living that out because it's what they that, that's how they've been discipled. That's what they've seen. Yeah. And it's really great to see that. Uh, and then uh, I know we talked about this too before, and I, I want to make sure that we hit on this. And then I'm probably going to go ahead and end our time because we want to talk to Laura too. Sure, um, yeah. She's she'll be fun. She'll be more preferable. To <laughs> uh, but uh, so, like, say if our church, say if we said, hey, we want to do, we wanted to get behind, you know, um, uh, sponsoring children from our church. You wouldn't just give us kids from all these different villages. The idea would be for our church to all have 
children in the same village that we would be pouring into. And so we can connect to like one location uh, as a ministry. Is that is that right? Absolutely. And the community I have in mind is this community of Yoshora. That there's a, a few churches have already um, uh, contributed to purchasing some land. Mm -hmm. And um, right now we're kind of going through the rigmarole of trying to get um, all the approvals to actually begin building a church. So mm -hmm. the students are being sponsored in this community, but it's a it's a poor community, mm -hmm. uh, kind of rural area. Uh, and again, we see we see what happens when when things begin to move forward. Yeah. How that the lives transform, the community transforms, and so in Yeshua, um, that's that's the area where I'm I'm targeting to get some some kids sponsored in, in that community. And it's uh, it's uh, the great thing is if you sponsor a child, you you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get letters from that child. They're gonna yeah. correspond with you. They're gonna want to hear back from you. Right. Uh, and so we we correspond. We sponsor a boy named Alan. I've had the chance to go and see him mm -hmm. when I want to go. If your awesome. if your church was to sponsor kids and you come to Rwanda, mm -hmm. we will take you to the community. We'll take you to Gishora and yeah. you, you'll meet your child and. Uh, and um, and that's important because we want there to be a sense of relationship. You're yeah. not when you're giving, and, and some sponsorship models are different. You know, you when you give, you're kind of giving more to the program than to yeah. that child. Uh, when you sponsor a child, that child goes from not going to school to going to school. Yeah, it, the difference. Somebody goes to their house and they say you've been sponsored, mm. and, and they give them their uniform and yeah. their materials, and they say, "Come on, you're going to school." Wow. It's a it's a big deal, and so uh, so there's a personal relationship with that child, and so churches that are sponsoring kids, um, the idea is if you do come to Rwanda, you're going to go to the community that right. you've been investing in. Yeah. So whether it's sponsoring kids or whether it's just you know getting behind the food and care initiative mm -hmm. or helping to get a church planted or training up a pastor, mm -hmm. um, the idea is that you have a relationship with a local church, yeah. or a local community, and that's beautiful. That's, yeah. It's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love the. Uh, that's one of the things that um, that I long for is that we can be more connected to our missions, uh, ministries, and to the people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and something that's a value that we have here is you know it's one thing just to you know be, know in my heart oh we're supporting something good, but it but it adds so much to it on on so many levels to actually have that personal connection. So, Absolutely, Jason. Thank you so much for hey, being with you. us. Uh, awesome. We uh, yeah. I, I have to say, just before we go, I genuinely love him, his wife, hmm. and his children. They have been such a gift to us. They're friends with residents, and so we get to uh, commune with each other as often as we can. And uh, he beats us in Wordle quite often as well. But uh, really do appreciate you being with us. Love you, brother. Love you and uh, God bless you. You too. Thank you. Thank you.